forget everything you've ever heard about dieting. What if you could eat the foods you love and find a way to get fit that was actually enjoyable? Welcome to Have It All with Devin Alexander. The chef from TV's Biggest Loser has lost 70 pounds and kept it off for over 30 years. She has also helped others to stop yo-yo dieting and actually transformed their lives. Now, here's your host, Devin Alexander. Hey everyone, I am over the moon for today's show. I'm still on the new mommy sleep plan, which is not much, but I'm so enthusiastic today because my guest is off the charts. Uh, I'm sure you all know him. Um, I'm going to actually introduce him in a minute after I give you the jelly bean update, but uh, it's Dr. Travis Stork, who we know from the doctors and we all love from the doctors. Uh, I, I think we all saw him on The Bachelor, too, um, and I'm just so excited to have him here today. Uh, but first, oh, so you'll be able to call in and ask all of your ER doctor questions, because he is actually, as we know, an ER doctor. Uh, but in the meantime, so the quick jelly bean update is there isn't a huge update. She's doing super well. I'm doing super well. Um, she was eight weeks on Sunday, which is crazy. I can't believe it's been two months already. And I go to court next week to get a better sense of whether I will get to keep her. Um, it really, really seems like I will. And I think we all know that I'm going to die if I don't, but it's just been such an amazing thing for me. And, uh, I, I'm going to save any more for a question for Dr. Travis. Um, because something's come up for me and that will relate to everyone. So without further ado, Dr. Travis Stork is the Emmy-nominated host of the award-winning talk show, The Doctors. He graduated magna cum laude from Duke University as a member of Phi Beta Kappa and earned his MD with honors from the University of Virginia, being elected into the prestigious honor society of Alpha Omega Alpha for outstanding academic achievement. Based on his experiences as an ER physician, Dr. Stork is passionate about teaching people simple methods to prevent illness before it happens with the goal of maximizing the enjoyment of a healthy life. Dr. Stork is a New York Times number one bestselling author of The Lose Your Belly Diet, Change Your Gut, Change Your Life, The Doctor's Diet, The Doctor's Diet Cookbook, The Lean Belly Prescription, and The Doctor is in a seven-step prescription for optimal wellness. Dr. Stork resides in the Nashville area. His hobbies include mountain biking, kayaking, and spending time outdoors. The doctors in its 10th season, well, we all knew that, won a uh, 2010 Emmy Award for Outstanding Talk Show, and I could go on and on and on. We know we've all seen him a million places. So, Dr. Travis, welcome. How goes it? Thanks for having me. Oh my God, I am so excited to have you. I, I'm sure, particularly I have a million questions. Um, I'm loving your books. I love that you're really focusing on the things that we should be doing. And I think it's amazing that I heard you say that people end up in the ER for constipation. How does that happen? Well, how? <laughs> it's I mean, because of the modern American diet. You know this. <laughs> yes. And it's, but the thing that I always stress on the doctors is that people, things like that are, they're medical conditions people tend to minimize until it affects them. But anyone who's ever had severe constipation and who their bowel movements aren't regular, 
it can become so debilitating and painful that they don't even know what's going on. So yeah, they end up in the ER and, and they never knew that it could hurt that bad. Wow. I mean, honestly, like I had no idea that people, I mean, I obviously get how that if all you're eating is not good food with no fiber and everything, but I just had no idea that like that was actually a thing that happened like to more than one person once. Well, the other thing people don't realize is when you, when you go into emergency medicine, obviously you become skilled at taking care of true emergencies. And obviously anyone who's seen any of the dramatizations on TV knows what those are, but abdominal pain is one of the leading causes for people to go to the ER. And then of course, there's many, many subsets of what can cause abdominal pain. But again, shockingly, you would be surprised at how often it turns out to be something, I don't want to say as simple as, but in many ways, I, I will say as, as simple as constipation. And what's cool about that is, you know, in the past you would just say, oh, okay, you're, you're severely constipated, so here's a pill for that. But one of the cool things about where we're headed in medicine is we, even doctors are now realizing that food can be your medicine. So it's, it's actually kind of neat to be able to say, okay, here are things we need to do. And it may sound boring, but this is going to change your life if you up your fiber intake, increase your hydration, and yes, you will feel better, um, hopefully starting tomorrow and next week. And that's why food as medicine concept is actually taking hold. Right. So I know that in your book, you have a chapter called Meet the, Meet the Microbes. Can you tell people, obviously I've been reading the books, but can you tell people a little bit about what that is and what you do believe that people should be eating? So the Meet the Microbes is essentially my take on all these good bacteria. And, you know, we, we typically think of germs as bad, but, but these are bacteria that live in and on us, particularly in our guts, and they can weigh up to six pounds. They, they play a huge role and everything that happens from digesting food to our immune function to how much we weigh. And so in my book, I really wanted to focus on how these may affect not only how much we weigh, but also just how our bodies react physiologically to the foods we eat. And what's amazing is when you break it down, we have so many millions of these bacteria that live in our guts, and we, for the most part, neglected them. And again, when I went to med school... We didn't even really know this existed. We never, the term gut microbiome, which is the, in totality, all these, these gut microbes, we did not talk about it. We didn't know about it. And modern society has done a really good job at destroying, I call them our little buddies. Our little buddies have just been getting ransacked by a modern diet, by all the antimicrobials that we wash our hands with, that we spray every counter with, and over time, this exposure has really depleted our gut microbiome, and so the book is really about how do you, how do you improve it, how do you improve your little buddies' lives, because when you improve their lives, they improve your life, and you, it's remarkable how people who are lean have 70% more gut bacteria. Most people think, oh, well, that wow. sounds terrible, but yeah, 70% ah. more gut bacteria, so more and more diverse bacteria is a good thing. Okay. And so can you tell us a little bit about what you, if you could create everybody's diets, what would you like to see people truly eating? 
I've, I've become a believer in the idea that we're all individuals. And so what's perfect for me may not be perfect for everyone else. But I think the, the one thing that I stand by, no matter whether you choose to be vegan, whether you're paleo, whether you're high fat, low fat, low carb, it's all about making sure you get enough of these prebiotics. And prebiotics is essentially fiber because these prebiotics, what they do is since we don't digest them and use them as fuel, what happens is they pass through and our gut bacteria actually digest them. And in so doing, all these physiologic things occur that are, that are good for us and good for them. And so fiber is such a... <laughs> it is, it, it sort of has this connotation. We think of fiber as solely being something necessary to not get constipated, but, but it's actually so essential. And what I always tell people is if you do nothing else, if you literally do nothing else, you go into the cupboards tonight and you get rid of all your, your processed white breads and, and pastas that are refined and you switch them out for whole grains because that alone will inter- reintroduce more fiber into your diet. And so that's the big one. And then I also, I also recommend people in my book eat one probiotic food a day. So the prebiotics is the fiber that feeds the bacteria, our little buddies. And then the probiotics actually bring in reinforcements. Those are actually living bacteria that are found in fermented foods like yogurt, um, which is obviously the most uh, common, I would say the most common staple that people are used to eating with probiotics in it. Okay. And then, so do you think there's, is it possible to have too much fiber if you're eating natural foods? Like, can you? I haven't seen it happen. You know, it, <laughs> I, let me, let me put it this way. I've never, and again, you're, you're using such an important word naturally in our foods. Mm-hmm. I've never had someone roll into the ER saying, Hey doc, I am just really struggling because I, of my, my fruit and vegetable intake. (laughs) (laughs) And and I I have fun with that in the, in my book, because I tell people everyone's so focused on limiting and restricting. And I don't want people to limit these good foods. Obviously, if you have, if you personally have a sense food sensitivity to a particular type of food, don't eat it. But what's really cool about vegetables is that they are loaded with fiber and nutrients, and those are the two things that our bodies love. And so, um, obviously, you don't want to take someone who hasn't had fiber in their hasn't had enough fiber in their diet for years and years. You don't want them to all of a sudden one day just start popping tons and tons of fiber supplements because that can cause that can cause some some potential distress. <laughs> but what's cool is if you do it the all natural way with, with foods that are higher in fiber and you slowly increase uh, the amount and quality, I will say, of fiber in your diet, what's really cool is over time people start to notice, well, wait a minute, I'm more regular, I have less pain, I have less bl- belly bloat. And I call my book The Lose Your Belly Diet, not just because weight loss is, is such a key role, but people don't realize oftentimes they're carrying around inches of just bloat. Right. And so when you, as you introduce these really great nutritious high fiber foods, you start to lose that bloat in addition to weight and people not only feel better, but yeah, the vanity part looking better is a big part of it as well. 
Okay, cool. And then with fiber in general, do you have an opinion on whether people, if they're eating properly, would you maybe need a fiber supplement anyway? Humbly, I don't believe that is the case. Because if you're eating correctly, you're going to essentially have fiber in every meal. And so and you should get plenty. Having said that, if people are thinking about fiber supplementation, it's a conversation that you can have with your doctor. And certainly there, there are some individuals who can benefit from fiber supplementation, especially if you're someone who, you know, not everyone has the ability to tolerate all kinds of foods. And there are people out there that no matter what they try to do, they may not be getting enough fiber. In that case, you could, you could take a fiber supplement. Um, but what I don't like, because as a culture, we've become so focused on supplements and pills and add-ins, that's, that's not the way I personally try to eat. Um, and again, if you do simple things like switch out your refined grains for whole grains, I, I also love the, the phrase nuts, beans, and greens. You know, if those are the staples in your diet, then those are all loaded with fiber, and then you're getting your requisite fiber as well as the macronutrients of proteins and good fats. And and over time, over time, what's remarkable is your body, your body really learns how to eat in a new way, and <laughs> being able to avoid the ER with constipation is just, just one of the benefits. <laughs> yeah, it's important. But yeah, if you, it is important. And Devin, if you if someone rolls into the you know, into the hospital with such severe constipation um and they've been getting no fiber in their diet, certainly they can benefit from from fiber supplementation, especially as people as people learn to eat in a new way. Well, I'm going to add that to my brand a little bit because I always say that, you know, people tell me they don't they can't afford healthy food. And my comeback to that is often if you're not eating healthy food, you're spending way more time and way more money in the doctor's office and that you have to work more hours to do that and you have even less time and you know it's this vicious cycle, but I didn't even use that as an example of what could happen if you don't. So, that's a great one. Um I know people tend to spend a ton of time in the gym and they don't really change their eating habits and then they wonder why they're not fit. I personally think that it's important that people work out for cardiovascular health and their mental health, but is it true, and maybe I'm just a chef so I'm biased, that most fitness does happen in the kitchen with our food or what is your take as a doctor? Well, whatever the word, whatever you want that term fitness to mean, I agree with you 100%. I think the idea of being active for heart health and mental health, that's really the key. Unfortunately, I think, and it's probably because of the infomercials, you know, how often are you, you're watching TV and there's an Uh. infomercial for some new gym piece of equipment and someone will say, I started doing such and such and I lost 30 pounds. Well, the reality is, I promise you, if they lost 30 pounds, it's because they changed what they were eating. And the actual exercise itself plays only a small role in weight loss. And so we still have to get that. It's hard to get that point across to people that if you start exercising, but don't change the way you eat, you're probably going to be disappointed. And yet I love you saying things like heart health and mental health, because 
those are the two most important things to have in life, right? Yeah. <laughs> so let's not minimize that and let's not say, well, if, if working out isn't going to be the, the key thing for losing weight, I'm not going to do it. So I, I, I hesitate spreading <laughs> <laughs> the word that working out doesn't help you lose that much weight because it's so important for other things and fitness. And, and also, I tell people that even if you – even if being active is not the number one role in weight loss, we do know that if you can maintain lean muscle mass through life, your baseline metabolic rate is higher. So there is, it still does play a role. Well, right. And believe me, I'm not telling people not to work out. I mean, I'll be the first to admit, you know, I've lost 70 pounds. And I will tell you that when I don't work out, like I go back into that, like, uh, for me, like lazy, I don't know if depressed is the right word. I'm not really a depressed person, but just down or something mode. And when I'm under a lot of stress and I haven't worked out in a while, I really don't want to work out. And those are the times that I know I have to force myself to do it. And then I eat better as a result. So I guess that's sort of why I say mental health, because I make the right choices when I'm being active and all of that. Um, But I don't really when I'm not. (laughs) I think you're spot on. And I think people forget that when it comes to health, it can be either a vicious cycle of poor health where you start, and I won't even call it working out. You stop being active. You make worse food choices. You don't sleep as well because you don't sleep as well. You're more tired. You're more apt to make bad food choices. Then you're sleeping worse. Your stress levels go up. And as you, as you pack on a few extra pounds from not being active and not eating well, your body getting back to this lose your belly concept of my my book, your belly, that visceral fat creates cortisol. Well, cortisol is actually a stress hormone. And so physiologically, it's not just a mental vicious cycle. Physiologically then creates this more vicious cycle. And so physiologically, emotionally, you're you're going down this path. And so I what I love is let's switch that vicious cycle into a virtuous cycle of good health. But typically, I think the easiest first step there is actually with the foods we eat. And so someone could be listening right now and say, well, yeah, you know, after the holidays, I put weight on and I just haven't been eating as well. Well, if your next meal, if you make a commitment, you say, you know what, I'm going to make a few changes. And it's remarkable how quickly, physiologically, you can see improvement from just eating one or two good meals. And then, okay, I'm going to start getting back on, even if it's just a regular walking routine, how quickly that vicious cycle turns into a virtuous cycle. But you can't have, in my humble opinion, you can't have one without the other. Because if you're, like you said, if you're not staying active, it's nature's Prozac. And if you're not staying active, a lot of times it's so easy to just, oh, you know what, I'm going to have an extra order of fries. And that's going to, that's going to, sort of placate whatever if I'm feeling down that's going to make me temporarily feel better that is so true you know what we need to jump to a commercial break but when we come back we'll pick this up so stay tuned everyone this is the voice america influencers channel Be inspired. 
Tune in to the Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and special VIP co-hosts for an entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussion with some of the top stars in their fields, from business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, literature, and current events. If you're looking for what's next and comparing it to what's now or what's past, look no further than the Spotlight with Tony D'Urso every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best, freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. My family loves the choices and the taste and freshly delivers to my home and my office so I eat healthy all day every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save 20 bucks today with coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Hear the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. You are listening to Have It All with Devin Alexander. To reach the show today, please call 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. Or send an email to fans at devinalexander.com. Now, back to Have It All. Hey, everyone. I am back with Dr. Travis Stork. You know him from the doctors. Uh, He, I have obviously been on the show a few times, and I always get so excited uh, to be on the show because I just feel like he has such great advice and honestly has been really um, positive about my recipes. Um, Dr. Travis, I don't know if you remember, I I love that you were saying get rid of the uh, like all, everything white in your kitchen. I mean, I honestly do have a little bit of white sugar. I try to use evaporated cane juice, which I know is still white. But for the most part, like everything in my kitchen is whole grains, lots of beans, lots of things like that. And I turned them into one thing that I made for you guys, which was pumpkin pie bites. And I had mm-hmm. used grave nut cereal um, that, you know, obviously extremely high in fiber. Um, Actually, I think I did the Kashi version of it, but, you know, extremely high in fiber, made a great crust instead of the, you know, plain graham crackers. And so I love that um, you've, as I said, been so supportive of that. So I assume that you're not an absolutist. No, I still dream about your pumpkin bites. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, awesome. Yeah, no, you were so nuts. You were like, we're not just saying this for DV. Like, that's really good. So thank you. Well, here's here's the true story, Devin, that people, when they watch the doctors at home, I always say you have to to come hang out in the studio audience to get the real deal in the Uh sense of I'm always very open and honest about whether or not I like a food. But then, of course, during commercial breaks, everyone from our producers (laughs) to camera crew, hey, should I make that? Should I... 
And I'll say, absolutely, absolutely you should. <laughs> but, but it's cool that you make, and I'm a big believer in this too, which is you don't have to eat twigs and berries to be healthy. And you can make really good, whether it be desserts or whatever you savor, and you can use different ingredients to make it healthy. And that's why I always say to people, you don't have to give up food you love because if you give up the food you love, you're going to fail. So you just got to figure out how to make those foods you love work for you from a health standpoint. And sometimes, great example, when you're using dessert, it's, it's not so much the dessert. It's, okay, well, what's either the crust or what's, what are you putting into it? And there's almost always an ingredient that you can substitute in that tastes great and is also good for you. And so that's why I think... You know, I, I, I love your recipes. I try to follow the same suit, which is let's not give up. Uh, for instance, I have recipes right. for nachos. And most people think, what, nachos? How can you eat nachos if you're trying to be healthy? Well, if you make nachos the right way, they can actually be really healthy. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I actually did those on your show, too. I know you have 40 million episodes, um, but I did. And it was interesting because we were saying doctor approved. And the thing that people don't realize is, you know, you use the corn chips that are baked, not fried, and then, you know, put black beans in them. I use a great Mexican seasoning that's low in salt, Um And then I have even a natural cheese sauce that because you're using so little, it doesn't really matter, but it kind of brings it together. And then I put jalapenos and fresh salsa or fresh chopped tomatoes and like literally I'll, oh, and I don't know that I did this on your show, but I make a homemade chorizo that literally uses extra lean ground pork and seasonings and that's it. So, um, oh, and it has a little oatmeal in it, um, which sounds weird, but it gives it a great texture. And uh, so, yes, I love it. And and I think that even ways like that, like I used to put, you know, grandma put bread, like white bread in the meatballs. And I now put oatmeal because one, it's gluten free. And two, um, it gives it that same texture and adds fiber. Well, and that's why even earlier in the show, I said, look, whether you're paleo or you're vegan, the issue is are you making sure you're getting enough fiber? Because one of the, one of the things about if you're, if you're meat, eating meat for a meal, a, a meat-based meal, mm-hmm. where are you going to get the fiber? And if you mix in things like oatmeal, what a great way, like you said, to add texture and get some extra fiber. It's, it's a no-brainer. It's an absolute no-brainer. And hopefully more and more people will, will start doing that. And... Um, Next time you're on, you need to bring bring that recipe. <laughs> I will. And, you know, this kind of also jumps back to what we were talking about just before the break. You were saying that um, the natural Prozac is working out. And I think it's funny because for so many years, like the trouble that I had losing weight before I did was that I would be super bummed if I didn't get to eat yummy food or super bummed if I was being picked on. So I was kind of, I mean, I was being picked on a lot. So I had this like be miserable in that way and be miserable in that way, which has kind of obviously led me to do this. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's another Prozac to me to be able to eat nachos, (laughs) which is way better One of the things, Devin, a lot of people won't remember this, but it's hard to believe the doctors has been on the air for 10 years and I am 45 now. When I first started, obviously I was in my mid thirties and I was, and always have been an advocate of, of living a healthy life. Well, 
we we made a decision, which in retrospect, I'm not sure if I'm glad we did or didn't, but I did a one-week project called Project Unhealthy just to see what would happen. I missed that week. Yeah, so what they did was, a lot of people don't know this, but when I'm in L.A., and I, I commute back and forth to L.A. and Nashville. But when I'm in L.A., I don't have a car here. I just I bike to and from the studio. Well, they took my bike away and rented me a car. And the rule was for this week, I had to eat foods that are generally considered scrumptious, which I love. But I was not <laughs> allowed to do the things I normally do. I couldn't exercise. And so, you know, I started the week off. My first meal was, was donuts. And then oh I followed it up God. with just kind of your typical fast food meals. And after six days, I had, I had what's, what's interesting, and this gets back to put your comment earlier, so I put on eight pounds in six days. Blood pressure went into the unhealthy range. I threw out my low back, and I was, as, I was really, really melancholy to the point where I had to end the project a day early because I just... I was really <laughs> in a pretty, uh, pretty dark place because the, my, my natural Prozac of being active was taken away from me and that, that vicious cycle took hold and all I cared about was my next hit, my next meal. And I got caught up in it and I'll tell you, I, I will openly say that I loved parts of it because I loved that I was giving myself permission to eat anything I wanted. But it wreaked havoc on my mind, it wreaked havoc on my body, and it really reinforced for me why, why I walk the walk and, and why I'm passionate hosting the show and, and writing books because we've all been there. We've all had different sort of paths to, to people who've made the decision to be healthy. There's, there's all these different pathways. Um, but the one thing we do know is we know what doesn't work. And... That, I want to know project how project unhealthy. Re, it really re-inspired me because we were a year into the show, and um, <laughs> and and I realized that I had to double down on really promoting lifestyle because it doesn't matter if you don't have a good lifestyle. There's there's not enough medicine in the world that that modern medicine is going to make you better if if you. Um, if you kind of live the project unhealthy, if you will. Wow. So how did you throw out your lower back not working out? Well, that's the thing is when you're not exercising, all of, all of those, whether it's your, you know, the discs in your back, your tendons, your ligaments, everything, those, your joints, everything is designed. Your body is a machine in many ways. And it's, it's a sports car when we're young. And then, of course, if we don't take care of it, we never take it out for a spin, things happen. You get a flat tire. You get, and so wow. that, that essentially, I was, I'd lay now? on the couch all day and watch TV. And, I, and, <laughs> and eventually it, I, I got up and I threw it out. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> so, so anyway, I... moral of the story is it's, uh, it, it, was, it was an eye-opener for me. Wow. Oh, my God. So that kind of freaks me out because I was about to do a confession, which I can't believe I'm telling you. But so 
as I said, when I was 15, I weighed 200 pounds. I was all of these things. I mean, I ate fast food constantly. I'd eat chicken Parmesan wherever I could get it. Um, if that was the only thing I ever ate, I would have been great with that and um, didn't work out and so many other things. Um, never drank water either, which was crazy. I'm surprised I didn't end up in the ER if that's possible. Maybe that's why I'm so blown away that that could happen to people. Um, but now obviously I live the opposite life that said for the past eight weeks since Jellybean was born, um, that's her, uh, her name until I'm allowed to like publicly say it since she's a foster child, just so you know, I didn't actually name a child Jellybean. Um, but, uh, so since she was born and since I acquired her, I haven't honestly really had time to work out. And I say that, like, I've always been one, make time, make time, make time. But the thing isn't even about the time as much as um, I am sleeping so little that I feel like I'm verging on sick. And particularly with her not having prenatal care, um, I got myself in this place where I'm just trying to stay healthy. Um, and you know, I'm trying to run a business. I didn't take maternity leave and kind of packed a lot on me. Um, I obviously do have some help, but not, you know, a full on partner or anything. And so I'm curious, like I'm feeling like I'm running my stairs, like literally 400 times a day. And I honestly have lost five pounds. I haven't gained anything. Cause every time it seems that I kind of try to throw something together, she wants to eat too. And, um, she's getting a little heavier, like she's 13 pounds now. So she's actually, you know, maneuvering her makes me feel like I'm, um, building arm strength a little bit. Am I delusional? Am I like making up excuses or do you think this is actually possible? I love it. I love it. You're, you are, think about it this way. You're, you're doing stairs, you're, you're walking around, you're lifting jelly bean and that all counts. I absolutely think that counts. And that's the thing is, I mean, you don't have to go to the, you don't have to go to a gym to get a workout. And if you're doing that many stairs and, and if, if jelly bean is 13 pounds, how many yeah. times a day are you lifting jelly bean? Think about that. I think, honestly, I think that people don't give themselves enough credit. And that's, it gets back to your activity levels are probably <laughs> sufficient. And you add in the healthy eating. And as a, as a, a new mom, you're, you're killing it. Yeah, that's sort of what I thought. Um, I was I was wanting your take because, as I said, I was surprised like that I was dropping weight. And then my girlfriend actually pointed out that in my house, because her nursery is on the bottom floor and the kitchen is on the top floor. Um, and my girlfriend was like, are you kidding me? When we came over to throw your shower, I was sweating by the time we were done decorating. So... Um, <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, maybe that's why. And so now I felt a little better. And as I said, I'm trying to not beat myself up over, like I normally play tennis. I'm on a tennis team and, you know, don't feel like I could really do that full-heartedly right now with no sleep. But um, I'm trying not to beat myself up because uh, I feel like, you know, as I said, keeping her healthy is kind of my number one priority. Well, I think that's the key. And then also I've become a big fan of, when when life doesn't allow a formal workout, I always travel with bands now. And what's really cool about the bands is it's a nice reminder of, I mean, you can literally just be, you could be even cooking a meal 
and you pull the bands out and you can work on posture moves. You can do simple body weight squats and that that has become something that I often do even at airports while I'm waiting for a flight. And as a new mom, you gotta you gotta pick your spots and I think the one thing that, that new moms do have to be careful of and new dads as well is that if I would say the one area that I always worry about with people is their core because mm. as as babies get bigger, you're <laughs> yeah. missing 13 pounds, then it's 25 pounds. And, and so if, if people, people forget that every time you pick up your child, it's like picking up a weight. And so just doing subtle things here and there again, while maybe you're making a meal and, and, and engaging that course that as, jelly bean gets bigger i mean think about it this way you're just your workout's just getting better and better (laughs) well that's what i was thinking i mean because she started at like seven pounds four ounces and she felt tiny and now she's not feeling tiny in the middle of the night (laughs) she's feeling like and she's feeling strong honestly like she kind of when she wants to go a different direction it's i'm pulling her in um making sure she doesn't roll off me when i'm feeding her and things you may so. be on to something, Devin. I've never thought of it this way, but it's almost as though lifting your child is a perfect progression of weightlifting. <laughs> oh, it really is now that you say it. I mean, I guess it's good that, you know, over time you do get that buildup. You don't, you know, land a 27 pound. Um, but no, I mean, I, I honestly, I seriously think that my arms have gotten stronger. Um, the rest of me, as I said, I don't know that that's the case. But um, but at least my arms do feel stronger just, as I said, to wrangle her. Um, I and think we on have that, the topic for your, your next book, Devin. <laughs> uh, foster children and weightlifting all in one. <laughs> we, love it. we could actually save the world with this. We could save 28,000 kids. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. simple. You just call it the jelly bean plan. Oh, I love it. And people would read that because um, they would think they get to eat her, eat them, not run around. Well, on that <laughs> note, we are going to take another break. When we come back, we have a lot more questions for Dr. Travis, so stay tuned. follow we lead join us the voice america influencers channel if you think you've seen online tv before let us surprise you voiceamerica.tv is online now the leader in live internet talk radio has done it again multiple channels a state-of-the-art viewing experience live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day it's exactly what you want when you want it voiceamerica.tv from health and wellness to business sports and everything in between discover our new world visit voiceamerica.tv now and experience the future of online television voiceamerica.tv Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Change starts here. 
Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Have It All with Devin Alexander. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to fans at devinalexander.com. Now, back to Have It All. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. I'm here with Dr. Travis Stork from The Doctors. I'm sure many of you have seen me on there, and we all have seen him on there, obviously. Um, I'm curious, Travis, In I have a book coming out in March um, through the American Diabetes Association, because we all know what a horrific... Uh, epidemic we're having on type 2 diabetes and I'm sure it wouldn't surprise anybody to know that I really seriously cut sugar content and really did boost fiber in recipes and by boost I mean just use natural ingredients Um, but salt interestingly they made me cut like really really cut so much so that they also make American Heart Association numbers and are really quite low compared to so many other diet plans I've seen that are considered healthy. And I mean, the book, as I said, meets American Heart Association criteria. I'm curious, though, for someone like you or me or someone else who is relatively fit, who works out all the time, how big a concern is salt? My biggest concern with, I'll, I'll say it's sodium, really, because in the processed foods, you, there's a lot of hidden sodium. I've I've come to the realization over the years that, and you look at the studies, I think it bears it out. There are some people who are really sodium sensitive and others who are not. And I think particularly, ironically myself, I will use myself as an example. In medical school, I developed high blood pressure and it was because I was eating a lot of sodium and it was I thought I was eating healthy foods, but this was during the movement when we were still learning a lot about nutrition and how it all affected the human body. And so I cut out the sodium, blood pressure went back into the normal range. And so I think there are some people who do need to be very careful with their, their sodium intake. I think other people, studies have borne out that they're not as sensitive to it. And so certainly I think people should keep an eye on it. And I think there is a big difference, though, between putting a little bit of salt in your food to flavor it as opposed to all the sodium content in frozen and processed foods. Having said all that, I actually applaud you because I, I've come to a place in life where I feel like salt is overused. And so I would much rather spice up a dish with spices that we know are good for us, whether you're talking about cayenne pepper or turmeric having fun with black pepper and all these other wonderful spices out there. And that is kind of the way I've gone in my life. And so I I think people just indiscriminately, I grew up in a house in the Midwest where every single meal you took the salt shaker and you just started shaking and you kept shaking. Hmm. And I think that it's, it does require a bit of a change in mindset. So I think it's, I think it's a great thing to, to watch your sodium intake to cut back on it. Having said that, people should talk with their docs because there are some people out there who actually have dangerously low blood pressure. (laughs) And and I'm not even kidding when I say there are certain people who 
have have really really low blood pressure. Now the great majority, the great majority have high blood pressure. Higher. That's the big yeah, concern. Was, yeah. But yeah. it's you know I, I get I get back to this, and I, and I'll I'll finish with this comment regarding sodium, and and it applies to sugar as well. Salt is not inherently evil. Sugar is not inherently evil. Too much salt, too much sugar is when we get into trouble. And I think that's where in your book, focusing on, okay, we've got to pay attention to these things. We can't overdo it. I think that's important. But I I do not want to ever, we need sodium to survive. And so I, I always tell people you got to be a little careful because if we had no sodium in our diet, we would run into a lot of trouble because our cells and the way that each and every cell in our body operates depends on sodium. And so cutting it out entirely is not the answer. Cutting back probably is. Right. Well, so I do have slightly low blood pressure. And many years ago when I was doing the terrible yo-yo dieting, like literally 30 years ago, um, I'm about your age. We, I literally, every time I got in an elevator would pass out and because of the salt restriction in the crazy diet. And, um, and that's when I learned that. So, um, I was curious if, you know, as I said, when I work out a lot, like I need a little more. And so for me, like I love to make things like my, I don't know, my addiction right now, even though this is crazy is like, there's this cruciferous crunch mix. (laughs) Um, that's basically like two kinds of cabbage, broccoli and, uh, Brussels sprouts, like all chopped up together. So even though I am a chef and I cook really quickly, sometimes I get lazy at night and I love to just throw that in a bowl with like lemon juice and, um, a little bit of olive oil and avocado And then I put in a tiny, well, a little bit of reduced fat feta cheese and Kalmata olives. And both of those Kalmata olives and the feta are so high in salt. Um, But as you notice, like there's no salt whatsoever in my quote salad dressing or whatever. So that's the way I like to put those things in where those flavors like olives and reduced fat feta have such a strong punch to them that it, it also salts the dish in the process. I love that idea. I think you're getting a lot of bang for your sodium buck there. And I think that that's, if people realistically, and I'm this way, you're this way, it's not as though you're going to, I get back to the twigs and berries analogy, it's not like you're just going to make a salad with greens and get excited about it. So using foods like feta to add so much richness and flavor yeah, you're going to get some sodium with that, but I say that's okay. And even for people, people do need to know, are are they dealing with potential high blood pressure? They need to talk to their doctor. But even the example of nuts, if if I'm going to, I always carry nuts with me. And if I'm being completely honest with you, I like, I like salted nuts more than unsalted. So what I'll do is I'll actually go, if I'm using cashews, I'll I'll get a bag of of raw cashews and then I'll get a bag of half salted and then I'll mix it all together. So I end up with about a quarter of the salt that that a normal bag of salted cashews would have. And so it's enough for me that it's it tastes great whereas completely unsalted nuts yeah. I'm I'm kind of forcing them down. <laughs> yeah. 
Ugh. Um, so there's so many campaigns these days touting bigger is beautiful. And, you know, I am so excited, honestly, that people aren't rever- revering the like size zero and making women feel bad. Um, where is that line that, you know, cause sometimes, I mean, I cheer that part of me cheers that on the girl who was bullied, the girl who felt terrible growing up, the girl who couldn't wear guest jeans and was picked on for it, you know, all of that. But then on the flip side, it's like, I know, I know there's a line. And so what would you suggest that people look at in themselves? Like, are there medical tests or is it a waist measurement or what is it that we could, you know, be realistic about obviously never treat anybody poorly, but for our own personal health, like how do we know when we're too big? I would, I would get back to, we are all individuals and I think we know when we're being healthy. And I think that there's no such thing as a one size fits all. And I think that, you know, strangely enough, there are a lot of people out there walking around who are who don't weigh enough who are dealing with health issues. And so I, I do, I love the body positivity movement. At the same time, every individual needs to take stock and say, well, wait a minute, you know what, I'm not feeling that well. And if you're not feeling well physically, then it may be time to make some changes. But again, a lot of it, it doesn't always come down to weight. And one of the things we're realizing in medicine is that some of the traditional measurements of quote-unquote health, body mass index, they don't work for everyone. But the one thing I will say that I've found this to be fairly universally true, which is when your waist is growing in size, that's usually not a good thing because that visceral belly fat, as it accumulates, becomes very physiologically active. It doesn't just hang out. I call it toxic goop. And so people should, that's the one area where I, I really tell people focus on, which is your, your belly size and belly fat, because there's, that's just not, building up belly fat is not a good thing. And so as far as actual weight, I think you can, you can worry less about weight if you're healthy and you're not, um, and we traditionally say with women, anything over 35 inches, with men, anything over 40 inches, you're really running some major risk factors for cardiovascular disease, diabetes, we call all the metabolic diseases um, combined, sort of you get into that dangerous area, but you also start to increase your risk for cancers. And so that's the one thing I always tell people to pay attention to. Maybe it's something as simple as, well, you know what? My belt doesn't fit me anymore, or I have to put a new notch in it. That's when it's maybe time to, to reevaluate how you're living your life less so than just looking in a mirror and either judging anyone else or even yourself just based on appearance. And that's, that's where I do love the body positivity movement because in the past it's all been about how we look and everyone judging one another. And I think finally, hopefully we're making strides there because how you look does not predicate how you feel or how healthy you are. Um, but at the same time, I'll finish with this thought, which is we can't, we can't ignore health in all of this. We can't just, we can't just say, well, you know what, no matter how much weight I've put on, I don't care because we all know that there comes a point where it starts to, to play a pretty big toll on our health. Right. And yeah, that is, as I said, like most of me like cheers every time I see something and, um, you know, we see bigger people like really loving their bodies and that's 
amazing. Um, but then, as I said, a tiny part of me does worry about the health implications when someone is so much larger that, you know, you wonder if they truly can be as healthy as they even might think they are. What I would just add to that is I think we do become obsessed with the number on the scale. And I get that. And certainly anytime someone starts a, a new weight loss plan, you're going to watch that number. But just as important, and I know you spend a lot of time thinking about this with your new book, but people do. They need to know their blood glucose numbers. They should know their cholesterol numbers. They should know their blood pressure. Because taking one number in isolation only gives you a small piece of the picture. And so these things in our lives, I call them the deadly killers. They are. They're things like blood glucose and, and blood pressure. You could be walking around with both of those really high and be at a perfect weight and think you're healthy, but you're not. And so that's where this, this it's really a combination of, yes, focusing on what's my waist size and is that healthy for me, but also making sure any, anyone out there who has no idea what their blood glucose, cholesterol, or blood pressure is, it's time to schedule an appointment with the doctor just to know where your baseline is. Perfect. Well, on that note, we are getting close to the close. So I would love for everyone, obviously, we can all watch you on the doctors, um, but I would love for you to tell everyone where they find out more information about you. Well, obviously, blessed to say doctors is in its 10th season. And I will just add that um, the book that you mentioned earlier, the Lose Your Belly Diet, Change Your Gut, Change Your Life, I did just write a, a brand new addition uh, with additional content and recipes, but it's only available at Sam's Club and Walmarts. And okay. incidentally, in that, in that vein, I think that what I've, it, it's what you're promoting too, is I've become so passionate about using food as a tool. And so that's going to continue to be my passion, much like yours. And I just, I congratulate you on everything you're doing in life, because you're a shining example to me of of what can happen when someone really takes control of their life and their health and, you know, especially when they institute the jelly bean plan and all of it. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, you're, you're just amazing. I mean, thank you so much for saying that. I love what I do. I'm, I, I totally feel blessed, as I'm sure you do, to get to do it every day and, you know, that people um, come to me at all and, as I said, I mean, I was a 15 year old struggling, crying every day after high school thinking, you know, coming from an Italian background that I was never going to give up brownies and, 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 and be happy and, and to be happy. And now, as you said, to have jelly bean on top of it, it's just the icing on the cake <laughs> or the jelly beans on the cake. <laughs> well, good for you and, and keep it up. And, you know, the people listening and when they listen to, to your show and hopefully when they watch the doctor's Anyone, if I've learned one thing, all it takes is just that, that one step. Just take one step today towards better health, and then that will hopefully multiply, and you'll learn new things, and then it becomes a hobby. And once we all make health our hobby, then what we can do is we can pass it along to someone we love. And then when they make health their hobby, they pass it on to someone else. And ultimately, if we all join together in this, I feel like we can turn the tide and, and all these concerning things when we talk about the obesity epidemic, the diabetes epidemic, you know, maybe, just maybe, we'll look back someday later in our careers and say, you know what, we helped turn the tide. Perfect. So true. So everyone, grab a buddy, watch the doctors while you're doing that. 
do some sort of workout in your living room and we'll see you all next week. Thanks for listening to Have It All. Be sure to join Devin Alexander for another great show next Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Until we talk again, have a fit and fun week.